Steps on, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona. David Johnson off to the races. He will score, touchdown Arizona. And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception. British Bird Gang Breakdown, episode 83, is go. And unlike David Johnson, both of us are going to be fully involved in the show going forward as we break down all the latest Arizona Cardinals news and stuff. So as ever, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by Callum for this latest episode. I don't know what you mean about being fully involved. I was planning on just kind of sitting on the sidelines, chilling out, maybe like coming out and, and throwing some pathetic blocks and like opinions your way, and then that was it, you know? I was just going to let you take the, the bulk of the carry. I could be the Kenyan Drake, I don't mind. <laughs> um, yeah, God, well, we've got a, you know, we've got a fair amount to talk about in a game that's just happened, and then we'll get the absence of a game preview, so it's going to be a strange one. It'll be a short episode, so, you know, unless we talk about fantasy football for, like, forever, and they annoy a few people. <laughs> we'll release the fantasy football chat as a bonus episode next week. We'll have to find something to fill the gaps next week, so it might have to be fantasy football. Well, I guess uh, we might as well kick off this episode uh, with a bit of news, because we've got a proper signing, right? Well, the Cardinals signed tight end Max with another ex-Williams <laughs> to a two-year extension. The deal pays $7 million over those two years and keeps him in the desert until the end of the 2021 season. I mean, this is a signing that I'm not too excited about. I'm not not excited. But, you know, it's it's like a bit of a, well, you know, he's he's all right, I guess. He's, he's you know, actually throwing blocks. He's able to catch passes, at least when the sun isn't in his eyes. Um, I guess it's just one less thing to worry about in the off-season. Yeah, I mean, we'll still probably be in the market for other tight ends that appear on the market, maybe even draft or get an undrafted one in. Yeah, but at least you've got, like, one piece of that puzzle in. You know, you've got one guy locked in who you know can play and, and obviously do what you want him to do. Yeah, I mean, he's had his moments this season, hasn't he? And as you say, has, there was that yeah. moment where he dropped the ball because the sun was in his eyes. But, you know, maybe this new deal has a tinted visor or something like that. <laughs> no, I mean, the, it was just goes to show, though, because um, when I heard that news, the first thing I thought was, really, hasn't he been dropping a lot of passes? And then I realised, no, he has dropped one pass. And it just happens to be a really high-profile one. But apart from that, he's been pretty solid. Um, you know, not setting the world on fire, not one of our most exciting players, but solid. And I think that that's a good um, base for this team to be on. I think it kind of sums up society, though, doesn't it? He makes one mistake, and that's all everyone remembers, and not like the 10 good things he's done before that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and football in general. It's like, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Blair Walsh. Don't know if you remember that was like the the Packers and the Vikings like NFC Championship game, um, or the the game to get into the NFC Championship game uh, a few years ago. He kicked every score that the Vikings had for that game, and then shanked one field goal to the left, and that's the only part of that game anyone remembers. It's always the case, isn't it? Everyone likes to be more negative than positive. Must just be something about the way you remember things. It's odd. 
But well, regardless, I mean, when I actually when I actually looked up the way that Max Williams had been playing, yeah, he looked like you know his stats are pretty good, and I think that given our record of tight ends, pretty good is fine by me. Yeah, I mean, they're not really used that often in the offense, are they? But you know, if he's there and he's needed more often than not, he actually delivers. And it's it's good threat to have there. It's a good um you know opportunity to have. It just keeps you flexible. Maybe we should move on to our game recap now because you know we talk about being positive and negative. Plenty of both in this one. That's true. Yeah, a bit of an odd defeat, wouldn't you say? Thirty six twenty six. I should probably begin by saying I think the, the scoreline flatters the fraudy niners a little bit. Fraudy niners. Um. Yeah, I would have to agree immensely. I mean. Uh, in terms of standards of play, I don't think the teams were particularly separated. At least the offenses weren't particularly separated. Yeah, it was just their defense made plays more than ours did. I mean, ours didn't really do much, did they? No, they didn't. I mean, we did get a pick, um, which they didn't get, I think. You did get that fumble recovery for a touchdown at the end, though. Screwing up a lot of people's bets. <laughs> That's true. There was a weird spread uh, change there. And Oh man, that that touchdown play at the end—that it just felt so cheap. It really did. If it, it was on an awful, uh, you know, attempt at a lateral hill, Mary, just a, a bad fumble, and then that was it. They ran it in. Clock expires. Game's over. It's all everyone will remember. Keyshawn Johnson. No, not that one. For <laughs> for for a long time now, it seems. Yeah, I suspect so. Especially given the backlash on uh, social media after the game. But, I mean, it's not like we'd have won either way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were... coming back from there. It was like, like maybe one in a hundred chance, maybe something like that. Yeah, where did we start? We were like on our own, on our own thirty or something. Yeah, it was definitely a a not particularly possible chance. But you know, you you got to try it, right? And like that's why Cliff Kingsbury was still calling timeouts. You know, keep that clock stopped and give us a bit of time for, you know, the the possibility, the slight possibility, I guess, at that point, that their defense makes a mistake and somehow we score. I mean, we've seen it happen before in the NFL, but sadly it wasn't the case this time. Well, I guess, you know, given that we're being negative about that last play, should we talk about the, uh, the negatives overall? There were some negatives in there. So, obviously, the first major one, I'd say, is the defense. Oh, big time. Like, that whole side of the ball... It was just a, it was a big mesh, really. Like I think every score that we gave up was the result of mistakes, as opposed to, well, it was still good play from the 49ers, but we were making mistakes left, right, and centre, and they were capitalising on them big time. Yeah, I mean, I do think there's a handful, maybe two or three players on a defence who can maybe get a bye. You know, then I was like, what's the word? Culpable. Yeah, we'll go with that. There's like two or three players on the defense are a bit less culpable than the rest when it comes to breaking it down. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, especially guys for me as well. You know, that are that were showing the hustle the whole way through. Um, your Buddha Bakers for one. Uh, you know, I think he played really well. I think I don't remember him having any major busted assignments. No, just think, I think Buddha Baker played well. So you know, we'll save his. Praises for the positive part of the game. Yeah, uh, Patrick Peterson. He drew a he drew a big um, pass interference. I mean, everyone's done with Patrick Peterson at the moment, aren't they? Everyone's done with his shit. 
<laughs> I was feel. I guess I'm feeling more like you know uh, dunking on him while he's down, but it's just a. I didn't think that you know he, he didn't impress me as like one of the top paid corners in the game anyway. No, he's definitely been struggling these past few games, and it's obviously showing up because we're struggling as a defense. I think it just highlights his shortcomings. Yeah. Um, obviously, defense as well gave up a couple of key flags um, that really helped the 49ers along a couple of uh, third downs that were then all of a sudden first downs. Oh, God, they were ridiculous. There were some of them where we, like, third and seven, weren't we? Gave up a flag yeah. for five yards and then gave up another flag for five yards and gave them a fresh set of downs. Yeah. That's just pathetic. You know, the, I think it was the the announcers in the Bucks game uh, last week were saying we're ten weeks into the season now. You can no longer use the excuse of we're a young group of guys. We're still learning the system, etc. Like you're ten weeks in, you have to know what you're doing by now. And I definitely agree with that in this sentiment. You know, ten weeks in, we can't be having these daft penalties of not being set or twelve men on the field or. Uh, you know, these silly offsides that were getting caught out by hard counts. Or neutral zone infractions as well. Been a lot of those as well. Coming from Chandler Jones as well, which is a bit of a surprise. Although I suppose he wants to get a jump and get to the quarterback, doesn't he? He's just not timing it right. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if he's got his uh, his eye on the prize of uh, knowing that he's joint league leader for sacks at the moment. I think he's actually outright leader now, isn't he? Is, is he outright leader after this weekend? I mean, it's so impressive the numbers he's putting up, but again, that's a positive. What else have we got in the negatives pile if we're going to keep going for that? Well, we've got Jimmy Garoppolo having a career-best 424 yards passing and four touchdown passes, which isn't great. Yeah, and that's something that we can't blame on the last-minute touchdown by their defense either. It wasn't as good of a performance as his last game against us, I don't think. No, I, I wouldn't say so. And I would say definitely that our defense was smothering him quite well. Um, we we had him under pressure. We had him dropping back. We were sacking him quite a few times. But for some reason, he was still able to get those passes out. And to me, that points out to poor secondary coverage at that point. If you're... If you're um, defensive line and, and your um, linebackers and stuff can get him under pressure and then even though he's dropped back and even though he's off his wrong foot he's still able to complete the pass that to me says there's something you know their receivers must be wide open it seemed to be the case for most of the game like the completions are far too easy yeah there was a lot of uncontested catches i mean there was a few um really well contested catches and there's obviously a good play on the defense but it's you know, you need to do that good play consistently. And what we're getting wrong is we're we're stopping them on first down, we're stopping them on second down, and then we, they get to third down and we either give them a penalty or all of a sudden they get a big play. You know, it's the consistency that's been letting us down, really. You get down to, like, third and very long, and, you know, you just know that the Cardinals' defense is going to let them pick it up, aren't they? Yeah, it just seems to happen every time. It's It's utterly bizarre. I'd love to get the stats on it, actually. I don't think you'd want to. It'd be a nightmare to read. Yeah, true. As well as that, in the first game against the Niners, we did a good job of protecting Kyler Murray. This time, not so much. Yeah, we kept uh, Dubosa completely at bay last time, and then this time it definitely felt... Well, obviously Kyler Murray was um, tackled for loss a couple of times. I don't think he was actually sacked in the pocket, but yeah, he was, he was definitely under a lot more pressure this time. 
I wonder if it's because we're back to our original offensive line configuration. But we had Justin Murray back at right tackle and Justin Pugh went back to left guard. I wonder if that's got something to do with it. I I mean, it, it's funny. I could almost swear that the um, the offensive line was playing better with Justin Pugh at right guard or right tackle. Although he has, I believe, said categorically that he does not want to play that position. He wants to go back to left guard. I don't know why he sucks there. It's really odd, isn't it? It's like he played really well. Then again, you know, these things, they can be flukes. They can be um, strange situations, but... I suppose you do get more pressure off the edges, don't you? So technically being a left guard is a bit more of an easier job than right tackle, if that's the way you want to look at it. It depends on your blocking scheme and whether you're blocking for the run and whether you're blocking for the pass and all that kind of stuff as well. I've got another negative down here, and that's giving up a 16 nothing lead. Which, I mean, getting a 16 nothing lead for the Cardinals is a miracle in itself for the most part. I mean, very few times in this season have we been playing, or very like little game time have we been playing with the lead. But that first quarter, we were just spectacular out of the blocks, right? And then all of a sudden it's gone. Yeah, it's like the 49ers just woke up and then that was it. Game over. Did they have the lead by the half? I'm trying to remember. I think I can't remember if it was 16-13 or if they'd picked up the lead by that point. I think it might have been 16-13 because then they got the ball to start the second half, didn't they? 16-14 it was. That was it. And they then they just, uh, yeah, basically uh, demolished us in the second half, really. Took the lead and then never looked back, basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we did get a couple more scores after that, but uh, realistically, if you've got a 16 nothing lead you need to be protecting that. And I know that we got it so early that it's a long time to protect that lead, but you know the defense needs to step up at that point. And the offense needs to be less conservative, just like the UK. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we'll get some political jokes in here every now and then. Well, you get, you especially in the current climate, you've got to have your political jokes. Another joke in this one is David Johnson. Only nine snaps on the field and zero touches. Shocking. Yeah, I mean, well, this is obviously a coach's decision, right? I think it's got to be, yeah. Because after the game, Kingsby was saying about how well Drake did versus the Niners just a couple of weeks ago. And he hoped he could replicate that again, but he didn't as well. He didn't do as well, but he did all right. And I mean, I think especially given... For me, I think the big thing that would would have benched David Johnson, the big factor for me was his attitude or his lack of drive and fight in the game against the Bucks. That to me is like the, the big thing that would have stopped him getting on the field is just the fact that like with the way he played that game, you just couldn't trust him to have the fight in him to, to not just get tackled for a big loss. Yeah, exactly. Cause I mean, like he was on the field for a few plays, but they never gave him the ball. And they had him on a couple of plays again where, I don't think they had him like, leading the block like he did in the last game. No, in fact, I saw Larry Fitzgerald make a way better block than David Johnston did all game. The one where he crushed Nick Bosa. Yeah, that was amazing. It was fantastic. And then, yeah, David Johnston's just in there, just not, not being that effective. So that's a big disappointment. Um, it leaves an interesting thought of, of what's going to happen there because obviously he's now second string behind Kenyon Drake, without a doubt. But it leaves you questioning, you know, what's going to be happening in the off-season. I would say he was more effective on Twitter after the game as well, sending out cryptic tweets. 
Yeah, because he tweeted out one word. He tweeted out the word whelp, and that was it, right? That was it, yes. Which is, funnily enough, the title of this episode of the podcast. <laughs> You're locked in now. You can't even change it anymore. I mean, I can edit that bit out and no one would be none the wiser. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I can't be bothered to think of an episode title. I'll just stick with that. No, it's, that's a strange one. I mean, I get that he's frustrated as a player, but I think, you know, that's... Uh, I would say it's an ill-advised tweet. At least it's not some tirade against the organization or, or against the coaches or anything like that. But you would think that you would just want to not say that. That can't be counting well towards you. I mean, it could just be people reading way too much into something. But, you know, I think they're putting two and two together, you know. At the very least, it's just angsty and, and like, unprofessional. I mean, it's not Antonio Brown levels of unprofessional just yet, but... I'm sure there's time for it to to get to that level. That's true, but Antonio Brown is also no longer a professional, so he can't really be unprofessional. A fair point. And our last negative from this game is the fact that we now have a bye, which is annoying having one so late in the season. It is. It's a a shame. Obviously, you you really want your bye to be around about week eight so that you get fresh legs for the second half of the season. Although, given our upcoming schedule, I don't think fresh legs is anything that we particularly um going to be needing. We will get some fresh legs from Chase Edmonds, though. That's true, yeah. Uh, he should be back after the bye, right? Well, they're hoping he'll be back for after the bye, but we'll see about that. Would you owe it? Is that something else? I, I got a notification popped up in the corner of my screen that said um, I, I read the words David Johnson and trade block. Um, but it's someone, someone on my one of my fantasy leagues saying that David Johnson is getting yeeted to the trade block for literally anything, like a bag of crisps or some chewing gum. Snap him up or down. I think it'd be a waste. I genuinely think it would be a waste as well at this point. Shall we move on to some positives from this game then? Yeah, I'd like to talk about some positives because it wasn't, it wasn't all bad as a game, really. No, I mean the list of positives isn't that big, but you know that's just I couldn't be asked about too much more than anything. Well, we've basically covered one of them already, which is the fact that we got a 16 nothing lead in the first place. That's how you come out swinging. Yeah, exactly. And also Kyle Amori, the main guy behind that 16 nothing lead, I'd say. Impressive from first drive to last, like running all over the shop, really keeping the 49ers defense on their toes and some absolutely fantastic passes. I do enjoy how much he hates losing, though. You, li- you like having guys around like that, don't you, who want to win? Yeah, but not. I think it's like the the want to win because he hates so much. Hates losing so much is just such a fun quality. Did you know that he now has more rushing yards this season than Saquon Barkley? Um, I did. I did not know that. That's hilarious. How many rushing yards have he got? It's insane. We did actually have a update on the thingy, like on our season prediction. I think it's like three hundred and eighty-one or something like that now. It's impressive. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really, really good to see. You know, it's just that extra threat, you know, and especially with with a decent run threat and good pass. It, it's just, um, it's extremely effective. And it just picks up those, you know, occasional first downs and those like five or six yards as well. Plus he's getting really intelligent about not getting hit at the right times. Yeah, I mean, he did take one sort of big hit. Well, big by his standards, that's a I suppose you'd say. He has only little, to be fair. That's true. But, you know, we don't make short jokes here. (laughs) Unless it warrants it, I suppose. But yes, of course, Kyle Murray 
with this performance, he earned himself his fourth British Bear Gang Player of the Game award from this game. A pretty solid win by the looks of it as well. Yeah, I think he racked up 82% of the vote, just behind Jordan Picks. Now, he was my he was my pick for player of the game. Uh, but that being said, you know, Kyler Murray, um, obviously a little help from, from a couple pass interference calls. But in terms of drives, the amount of times that he drove extremely well to the end zone, obviously it would be nice if we could still convert a little bit better while we're there. But that's what's that's the heart of this offense is getting on the field and getting up to the red zone extremely quickly. That's what blitzes them. That's what freaks the defense out. You know, being able to run this like no huddle offense and everything, it's really, really good to see. Yeah, I mean the statistics don't look too great on paper looking at it. 150 passing yards, 67 rushing, and three total touchdowns. But like you say, you drew, I think it was three big Pass interference calls on Richard Sherman when throwing to Christian Kirk. And Richard Sherman was just unbelievably pissed off about it. What I mean, they were deserved. It's like he was tackling Kirk before the ball even got there. So he's not really got a leg to stand on, has he? It's a rule that has uh, like uneven enforcement, I would say, at the very best. But, um, you know, that kind of thing adds a huge amount. You know, we see that as like uh, Kyler Murray getting, what is it, that's... 217 total yards of offense from Kyler Murray. But you include the three of those, that's easily another 80 to 100 yards there. You know, like, especially given the first one was at least 50 yards, right? The Cliff Kings were actually challenged. Yes. And for once, the challenge actually worked. He challenged the non-call, which is pretty incredible. Like, you know, well, I guess you can do that now that that's reviewable, but... um, it's, it's good to see him get his first challenge right as a head coach as well. I think there are some players on the defense who deserve a bit of praise for their performance, though. Of course, Chandler Jones is the top name in that list. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a couple penalties called on him, but he was probably the main orchestrator of, of keeping Jimmy Garoppolo under pressure. Yeah, he's now up to 12 and a half sacks for the season, which is the NFL lead, as far as I'm aware. Doing extremely well. Like Obviously, that um, that edge rush is just working well for him. I think he's in his element. And, you know, just given how uh, well he's playing at the moment and how well he's played in the past, you know, it's just one of those crazy things. He's the NFL lead in sacks right now and still not in the top 100. I mean, that is a bit outdated now, so maybe the next top 100 he'll be in there. Well, if he's not, then it's a real travesty, isn't it? And I mean, we do have five more games left, and he needs five more to break his Cardinals, well, like his highest total with the Cardinals, which was 17 a couple of years back. And he's, I would say he's probably on route to doing that. You know, he's got an average of more than one a game at the moment, so... Another player who did well this week was Buda Baker. He... Racked up thirteen total tackles in the game. Yeah, this is what one of the you know things I was saying earlier is Buddha Baker definitely felt like he was everywhere on that field. It was definitely one of his better games, but even though he didn't have any highlight plays or anything like that, he was just solid all round, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things on the defense where, you know, if you're having a good game, it's almost like you're less likely to have those highlight reels. Yeah, I mean, we need more people like Buddha Baker on the defense, don't we? We do, we do, we do. 
uh, obviously, uh, Shamey didn't get a takeaway, though, but uh, the guy who did get a takeaway was um, Jordan Picks. Yes, Jordan Picks recorded his third interception of the season, and he got a sack in the game. But, you know, Jordan <laughs> Sacks isn't that funny of a name, is it? Well, apart from the fact that Sacks is an inherently funny word. Yeah, but it's not as good as Picks to Hicks, is it? But, yeah. I mean, he's playing really well as well. It's obviously, like, three picks is pretty good. Um, and, you know, solid return on them as well. And also with Jordan Picks, I believe he's the NFL leader in total tackles throughout the whole league at the moment. Really? Yeah, with like 110, I think it is, or something like that. That's absurd. I did not know that. It's funny to think that we've got all these, like, league leaders, you know, these individuals who are, are you know, doing extremely well stats-wise. And maybe it is that there's other people who are letting the side down completely, or maybe it's, you know, some sort of uh, way that they're being play-called. Who knows? It is a weird one, though, isn't it? Because it's like standout players, but not a standout defense as a whole. It's just like individuals rather than the unit. Well, see, this is where it comes down to the mistakes for me. This, like, if you even if you've got a, a unit who has good individual pieces, you can't overcome those mistakes. If you're making a mistake every four to five plays, then you let an offense capitalize on it. Then obviously they're still going to be able to march down the field because you're not going to make enough stops in a row. It's just one of those things you've got to deal with at the moment, because obviously the scheme's not right, it seems, or maybe the talent's just not there. It's anyone's guess, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I guess, I mean, the the nice thing is, is like, seeing as we're in the positive section of, of this part of the game, um, if those pieces are there, then that means a good defense can be crafted around them, right? Like, if you can figure out what's wrong, maybe, in the, maybe it'll be in the off-season now, but if you can figure out what's wrong, then you've got the pieces of an excellent defense. You just need to work out how to put them together properly. Twitter will tell you what's wrong with it. Yeah, well, I know. And to be fair, I'm definitely catching up with that bandwagon. I might not be on it yet, but I'm kind of running behind it, seeing seeing how it looks. Because in all honesty, given that that's another game lost by the defense, I'm surprised that there's not been more talk of firing Vance Joseph. Obviously, in the media, there hasn't been anything like that. But yeah. Twitter's rife with it. Facebook's probably rife with it. Reddit's probably rife with it. Yeah, uh, you know, the fans are definitely calling for it, but I'm just surprised that, you know, Mike McCoy, last year with Mike McCoy, even the media was all over it. They were like, how has he still got a job, you know, for for a while? And, and yet they're being a bit more silent about Vance Joseph. Someone did put out on Twitter saying, who would you rather have, Mike McCoy at, at OC or Vance Joseph at DC? Like, that's actually the worst choice you can yeah, ever make in da- damned life. if you do, damned if you don't really, right? It's like... It's like choosing which way to die or something like that. <laughs> I mean, frankly, at this point, you know, at least the offense has been fun to watch this season. Even though the defense has been dismal, at least we had something to look forward to. You know, like watching good defense is, is all right, but like watching good offense is a, is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm definitely enjoying the offense being a lot better this season. But also, I'm not enjoying the defense being totally rubbish because well, that's basically what we've been for the past few yeah, seasons. I mean, it, it saps the life out of the offense, really, doesn't it? You know, when the defense just can't deliver and the offense is suddenly finding themselves back on the field after another score, it's just disheartening, right? 
for sure, especially for the players and also for the fans, you know. It'll get sorted eventually, I'm sure, because if it does, then we're going to be a dangerous team, aren't we? I'd say we're already on the verge of being a dangerous team. I mean, that's yet another loss, close loss. Out of all of our last losses, the San Francisco, the Bucks, again, the other San Francisco game, sure, the um, Saints game was a blowout, but, you know, other than that, we have been doing okay in terms of the amount we've been losing by, and I don't know. I think I think we're we're so close to having something special. Yeah, well, I mean, like we've done well against the Niners. We did well against the Ravens as well. And look at what they're doing this season. I know. Yeah, they're they're tearing the rest of the league up. And yet they only beat us by like it was. It was a one score game. Yeah, there you go. So I guess I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of dragging out the uh, the game review because we don't have a game preview to get onto. We do have some fantasy football to talk about though. Oh, nice. Well, uh, I'm not that up for talking about it because I didn't do particularly well this week, but let me hear how you got on. Well, for once, I actually won in the Bird Gang Bolt this week. Nice. I managed to record a 124.12 to a 98.06 win over Murray up and wait. Kyla Murray was the star there. That's a lucky win there. It was about a good 30 points. I don't think that was luck. But I think you would have lost to anybody in my league. Oh, yeah, I probably would have done in many other leagues, but, you know, I'll take a win when I need it. Yeah, I mean, true. I'm now five and six, and I think I'd have to realistically win the last two to actually get in the playoffs, but even that seems unlikely. Yeah, I'm I'm not that far off you there myself. My um, Bird Gang Bowl game, I, I lost, actually. It was um, 140.58 to 146.72. Really close game to uh, Marcus, the Gospel of Kirk. And I, that means I dropped to five and six, which is in seventh place. He's got much chance of the playoffs in that one. Um, I don't think so. So it's one of those things where, you know, if I go, if I went to sit like six and six, that would jump me up probably to like fifth place. And then if I went to seven and six after that, then I'd probably be up in 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 like decent playoff territory but i would also need other people to start losing for that to happen sounds just like the bird gang dynasty league this does <laughs> of the playoffs all in up in arms at the moment yeah the the um dynasty league it sort of seems to change week to week doesn't it yeah especially again this week with my big loss to murphy's law they thrashed me 212.6 to 153.46 Ooh, that's which meant I fell just outside the playoff spots, ironically to Murphy's Law. <laughs> well, you know, it's an interesting one, really. The um, the the sort of uh, what are they called? The divisional type playoffs as well. Yeah, because as it stands at the moment, three teams in Division Two will make the playoffs, and only the league leader in Division One will. But cards against humanity is uh, way. Uh, you know, at six and five, and all of a sudden, if you go down to Division Two, they're all at nine and two. Murray Mints and Wessex Coast Fantasy Football are both at nine and two. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you're you're at six and five, but I'm at five and six in that league now. After, um, well, Dave and I were talking about it, and you know, earlier in the week, we knew it was going to be a close game, um, and he pulled off the win, one hundred and fifty one point nine two to one hundred and forty eight point four four. We had to wait for Monday Night Football for it to be settled. It didn't go my way. I lost by like under three points. 
we do only have three more weeks left before the playoffs in this That's one That's true. As well. Maybe, I mean, I, I'm slightly tempted to tank now and get a better uh, pick for next year. I mean, I'd be happy if you tanked because you're one of my last three <laughs> opponents. As are both Can You Kirk It and Darizona Cardinals, who are the two, I wouldn't say worst teams, but they're the 11th yeah. and 12th place teams so it's, far. It's tricky with the Dynasty League, and it's something that I'm starting to learn. You know, it's, it's like... Because you've got to be careful with the Dynasty League if you're trying to plug up, say, bye weeks. You know, there's sometimes that I've had to let somebody on a bye week or an injured player onto the field um, just because I'd rather not let anybody go. Yeah, I've been doing that with my defensive players. Like, I've not wanted to get rid of Devin Bush because he seems to be the only one who literally scores points on defense for me. Difficult old game to play there because it's a bit of a balance between, you know, when do you want to win and when do you not want to win. But... You know, I, the thing is, is that I'm only a one-game swing away from a playoff spot. Yeah, but I think it'd depend on results as well, though, wouldn't it? Because obviously you're in the head-to-head against me if that comes into. Yeah, but I've got I've got the biggest um, goal difference as well because my well, uh, I've got the most points scored against me, and I'm like pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty high up on the points scored, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm literally like the third lowest point scorer this year. I mean, it's it's down to who you who you beat on an individual week, I guess. Yeah, you just have to get lucky, don't you? Oh well, that's uh, you know, I I think it, you could at least say it's all to play for in the uh, dynasty league still. Yeah, there's still definitely things up for grabs, and you know, playoff places still to be won in these last three weeks. So we'll see who manages to make it in. Yeah. And then, of course, it'll be the uh, Bird Gang Bowl general playoffs as well. So we get to choose who to curse again. Exactly. We'll have fun doing that. <laughs> it's, it's that wonderful time of year again. But now we'll move on to our game preview this week because week 12 is us at the bye week. This is going to be a tough one going in, I think. I'm expecting injuries. I'm expecting a heavy loss. I just, I'm, I'm not seeing good. I'm expecting more Vance Joseph to be fired tweets coming out. After we have another shocking defensive performance, <laughs> it would just be horrendous. I, I can't. Um, I mean, by week, you know, traditionally at that point, you do do. You know, you can make a couple of adjustments. But that being said, we're so deep into the season now. Would you want to make any adjustments in the bye week, or do you just want to give everyone a holiday? I mean, give him a couple of days off, maybe. But, you know, I think the defense needs to be in for more work. I think if you're at this point and you're, you know, you've only got three wins for the season, you you kind of give everyone a rest, but you don't let them take a holiday, you know. You, you want to keep them in, you want to keep them training, drilling, like, let's have a think about, you know, new plays, all that kind of stuff. Or if you're Patrick Peterson, go play golf or something like that. And if you're Larry Fitzgerald, apparently take up rugby because that was a hell of a block. I mean, the American rugby team does, does struggle for talent, so maybe you could do go over for that when he's done with the NFL. Just head over once he's retired at age 90 or whatever. It, you might have to be 90 to catch up to Jerry Rice's records. Yeah, that's know. true. Or just start cheating, you know. It worked for that. It worked for Jerry. <laughs> it did work for Jerry. So have you got any predictions, you know, like score-wise for the, for the bye week? I'm going to say we might end up with a Scorigami. Nice, yeah. I'm not sure which one, but, you know, we might get one somewhere. Well, it's, it's, going, to be, um, it's going to be a sad week without the Cardinals. Have you got any games in particular that you're excited to watch? Are you just going to, you know, lounge on Red Zone the whole night? Just basically Red Zone all night, isn't it? 
Yeah. The only way. I think I'll probably do the same. It's, uh, you know, it, it's good when I have the 6.30 slot free for Red Zone, but now I've got Red Zone free till 1 in the morning or whatever, and then maybe stay up for Sunday night football. And then the week after we have Thanksgiving as well. But, well, extra games on Thursday and all that jazz as well. But no Cardinals games, so, you know, we'll see you again next week for another episode when we preview our next game. And don't review the bye week. Don't review the bye week, yeah. Maybe get some news out, who knows. I'm sure there'll be some news that'll break as soon as we finish recording. It would be typical, wouldn't it? Especially on a bye week when there's like a week of us doing nothing. But yes, before we go, we've got plugs to do. So if you're not following us on Twitter, go follow us at British Bird Gang. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. And join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. And by British Bird Gang teams at BritishBirdGang.tml.com. Also hoodies as well if you want a hoodie. And of course, if you like what you hear on this podcast, leave us a review, share it around, tell your friends. And that's it. So thanks for listening and goodbye. But not good night to this week. Cheers, guys. See you next week. At least we won't have a defeat to talk about then. <laughs> we won't have a defeat, though. No.